Hello and welcome back to the Sisterhood of the Heartbreak Pants for our next episode, which is done on Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> actually, it's Pancake Day, isn't it? It's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Happy pancake. Valentine's Day. It's Pancake Day today, actually. <laughs> okay, happy Pancake Day. <laughs> the amount of messages I've had from people who have completely forgot it's Pancake Day and got so overexcited about I like I don't blame it. Pancakes are so exciting, but. Everyone hates Valentine's Day for some reason. There's a very specific set of people that love the Pancake Day. Do you know what they're called? No, what are you going to say? Singles! Oh, okay. <laughs> Singles! <laughs> to be fair, I know people who are together who would choose a pancake over their other half any day. I, I would. I would! I would, but I don't have another half. So. <laughs> Let's just pretend we do. Can't say no to a good pancake. Anyway, so this week's episode is going to be on singlehood, where mm -hmm. it's an easy one for us to talk about because we are single, <laughs> and we have been single, but we've we've been flipped over with the singleness, haven't we? We've been like you've been single for six years, mm -hmm. and then I haven't been single since I was sixteen. So we've lived completely different lives. Beforehand. Which is why we have such different takes on singlehood. And yeah. somehow they just end up into a confluence. But still, yeah, we do have different takes on it. You are in that phase where you're loving your singlehood. I am in that phase where, yeah, I'm used to it now. There's you're getting there. Me. Whereas yeah, I'm, I'm part there. of like, I don't want to leave it has been, this. Yeah, it has been a bumpy ride for me because I was single. Then I went back for a brief period to not being single. And then I'm back into it again. And yeah, it feels like home. Whereas I... Last year, 2023, was officially one full year of my life. That the first time I've been single, mm -hmm. which was weird. How much of it did you enjoy? In percentage, the beginning of it was fucking horrible. It always is. <laughs> it was horrible. I was I was just very numb mm -hmm. and confused and angry, very angry. And then I slowly came out of my shell. In, okay, I lie, I wasn't single for a year. <laughs> I I officially stopped seeing people April last year. Mm -hmm. Basically, I had a date and it was possibly the cringiest, most awkward date I'd ever been on in my life where someone was pretending to be something they were not because they thought that I liked a particular type of person and I saw straight through him. He kept trying to talk to me afterwards. And I was like, can you please take the hint? My loneliness is way too addictive. And then after that, I swear to God, I'm not going out with anybody ever again. Like, I don't care. And like, even now, like, unless I'm fully into you and you've impressed me and you for one, that takes a lot to impress me now. Oh, uh, yes, I, I agree. Unless you completely sweep me off my feet, it's not happening. You just flip Miranda's world and then she's going to be like, okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> how did you find it transitioning from being in a relationship to being a single person? Ooh, okay. So the last time when I was single for about six, six and a half years, that relationship was a pretty serious relationship that was on for a long time. And then all of a sudden... 
we broke up and we never saw each other again for a long long time so transitioning from seeing a particular person every day speaking to them every day sharing everything and all of a sudden you have nobody to do that with it was pretty daunting in the beginning i did fortunately have a lot of friends around me who were trying to be there and you know just make me feel comfortable and make me feel a little better than what i was feeling but obviously you can't replace that person entirely so it was daunting it was scary and i think one of the most prominent emotions that stirred up during that period was a lot of anger i had a lot of anger as to why couldn't this work out was it me was it was it something else what i could have done better so answering these questions and processing and navigating through these emotions was a lot more daunting than anything else mm. and that in a way it was a good thing because that consumed a lot of time that took up a lot of my time and i didn't really have to you know count days and see oh it's been 2 months since i'm single it's been 4 months since i'm single it's been a year since i'm single i never had to do that because i was just taking things the way they came and i was just focusing on learning and learning and learning and accepting and accepting and accepting which is why in a way it became easier so that daunting part was just that much i i won't say i enjoyed it it definitely wasn't enjoyable but i learned a lot in that period and i learned a lot about myself in that period so that's what my way of healing was so that that part was enjoyable that part brought me a lot of joy the previous part of it was not but that's that's the major difference that i experienced while doing that was it any different for you yeah i mean that was deep my mom spoke to me mm-hmm. and she said to me you haven't been single since you were 16 isn't it about time to take a break you said now it's your chance to just like run wild and do what you want but I I found it really hard at first because mine was so by surprise mm-hmm. that I had no idea what to do. And at first my ex didn't tell me wasn't going to tell me what had happened or what oh. I had done wrong. But then I found out I had actually done nothing wrong and he They never usually wrong. tell you that. It was only till his mum said, "Nah, you've got to tell her. That's ridiculous." Mm. He says you have to. You're going to let this girl just go by and think she's done something wrong. She's done nothing wrong. You're the one who's done wrong. And so After that, obviously, it's different when you break up with somebody. They're gonna sit in your head and simmer for a while. Yeah, they I do. Agree. Mine hundred percent did. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie about it. I, I don't care if it fills his ego with joy that he sat in my head for a while. But now I'm way better than I was. Mm-hmm. But I won't blame you for that because it, it's a very natural thing for for you to think of him every now and then because. I remember after the last long-term relationship crashed I think I thought about my ex-boyfriend almost every single day for about 3 or 4 years. Oh god. Okay, that's a lot. I didn't. Yeah. I move on. I think it takes forever, but apparently I move on pretty quickly. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing, but some people are like are you sure that you're like healed? It's not a point of being healed. I just don't want to wallow over it. There's no point in my head. I'd rather just slap the book shut and that's it. That's yeah. done. But again, when you talk about healing, healing is always a continuous process. It's never something that just happens one fine day and you know, you can say that you've finished healing. It's something because when you lose a person, you're obviously grieving. 
you're obviously sad about it. You have a lot of emotions that are stirring up when that happens. And what happens is you eventually grow around those. You never fully get over. This is something which one one of my therapists had said in this very insightful session of therapy. She said you never really get over something. You don't really have to try to get over something. All you can do is just take your time, focus on something else other than that, and then wait for yourself to grow around that grief. Yeah, but that's a, that's what a lot of people say. Like there's a saying, to get over somebody, you gotta get under somebody new. And I, I I somehow <laughs> I somehow never liked that. That's that's just no (laughs) to be fair it it worked for me after my very long-term relationship it might work for someone but you i I, I I got over them very very quickly after being like so devastated you were just waiting for that (laughs) but it worked a charm sorry mum and dad but it did (laughs) (laughs) i didn't really like believe in it until Mm -hmm. i obviously had been through i hadn't been in a long enough relationship before to be like okay this is gonna be some heartbreak but that after three and a half years, I was, I think after all my relationships, to be fair, I've, I've just been angry after mm-hmm. I found out. But with getting over people, it's so different depending on how the relationship ended. Mm. Because people say, oh, I wish, I wish you did something so I could be angry at you so it'd be easier to get over you. It's not easier. Yeah, you sit there and is. sit in anger. Like, it, it, I don't know who... Th- Who's ever experienced that? Because I'd love to know them and speak to them about it. Because it's not easy. You sit there. I have a resting bitch face anyway. But you sit there like you're sucking a lemon. So angry at somebody. So, yeah, I just... I think it's different. It's obviously different on every relationship. It is. Like, rebounds work for some. They don't for others. They have never worked for me. And I'm not saying that I never tried them. I did. Of course I tried them. But in my experience, it has always gotten worse from there. So I I never really go back that way because you know how disastrous the previous breakup was. Yeah. But I actively chose not to go that way again because I knew that it's just going to mess me up further. So why go that way? See, my last breakup wasn't disastrous at all. The breakup previous was. Mm-hmm. And my parents hated seeing me in that state. But the most recent one... I kind of just sat there and thought about it for a bit. But then uh, all this information came out from his friends, my friends, this, that, the other. And I found out the truth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, now I'm furious. But it's it's closure for me, which has made this 10 times easier. Mm -hmm. And I've made a decision I will never, ever get back together with you. Makes sense. Okay, so tell me one thing. As we spoke earlier, and I said that loneliness can be very addictive sometimes. Yeah. And I have experienced that more than anybody else because six years, of course. So it's not like it was consistent addiction. It was not something that I was enjoying consistently. I did have my days when I felt very lonely and sad about being lonely. I'm pretty sure you've had those too. How do you maneuver between, you know, enjoying that and not, not enjoying that? Yeah. yeah. You know I'm someone who really likes my own space. Yes. And you know it because I know. I I spend, I do spend way too much time in my room 
and just sitting there watching, never actually watching TV because I can never actually decide what I want to watch in the end. Mm-hmm. And I end up falling asleep, but whatever. I'm pretty sure that's 90% of the population. But I have days where I'm like, <laughs> Miranda, come on, get up and do something. Like, move. And it's not even like, because still going to the gym, I do that on my own. Like, I do mm. not go there to talk to anybody at all, whereas some people we know literally go there. Some people. <laughs> as it has, use it as like a speed dating situation or something. Yeah. But I, don't, I have days where I'm like, I know I could, I could see people. I it's simply, I think it's simply that I can't be bothered sometimes and that I'm like, Every single time you're in the situation, Miranda, you want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when I want my space. I'm like, I get a little bit snappy and I, I, I kind of just curl up into this ball of like, I really need my own time now to just relax. Because mm-hmm. I've been around, I'm so used to not being around people. Okay, I am around people at work. That's a lie. But they're people at work. They kind of just... They're there. They're the people I work with, so they're always going to be there. Yeah. So they, some people at work, I yeah, do absolutely drain me like an iPhone three G. <laughs> I will fully accept that. <laughs> that battery is gone. Some people I can spend hours around mm-hmm. because they have the same social battery as me, and we know not to drain each other, mm. and we know when like enough is enough, and we just need to sit there and go on our phones for a bit because we're, we're really really tired, but maneuvering between actually feeling lonely and enjoying being alone i don't find that difficult until my brain switches and she you're like come on do something do something Mm. stop and my mum said this she was like you need to go out and meet more people she said you're just too comfortable in your own skin Mm. and too comfortable being alone and too comfortable enjoying your own company that you're never going to get out there in the end I think one of the nicest things that somebody's ever said to me is that it's good to be comfortable. It's good to enjoy your own space. But no matter what area of your life it is, sometimes comfort can lead to stagnation. It can really hamper your growth as a person. And we are not in a race to grow, like who grows better. But for your own sanity for your own happiness sometimes you have to pick that because unless you step out and experience something that you're not comfortable with you're not going to end up understanding or finding if you like that situation or that person or not rather than just predetermining that you're not going to enjoy it and not getting into it yeah because i feel that applies so many social things where you're really anxious about going to your friend's party where you know no one or your friend's mm-hmm. wedding where you, you know no one except those two or your work do. Mm-hmm. And unless you go there and people always end up enjoying it. They always <laughs> do. And they always get far too drunk when they say, no, I'm just, I'm just going to... One drink. Play just it one see drink. how it is. Yeah, one drink to ten. <laughs> and they end up loving it. And they end up thinking like, but this is a thing with anxiety. It always, always plays with your head. It does. It does. And it's just like, oh, are you going to enjoy this? Are you going to have a panic attack? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you you just got to walk in and do it. Yeah. I promise you, even though you feel like your heart is racing at a million miles an hour, you're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? 
you might not like it and you'll just leave simple yeah so just don't like i say don't worry about it mm. i have it i 100 percent get pre-anxiety for everything mm-hmm. but i'm just like whatever fuck it do it just do it just do it just go in and then i enjoy myself oh that's oh. nice <laughs> no that's kind of sweet because i've i've never oh, really gosh. heard you i've never really heard you say this that I did not want to go there, but I did. And I ended up enjoying myself. I don't hear you say this often. You, yeah, because I have a degree in overthinking. And I never, I'm always in my head like, ah, oh, is this a good idea? What if this happens? What if that happens? I make mm. up so many scenarios in my head. Like, I used to oh. have a degree in overthinking. I just actively stopped doing it. No, it's I It's a conscious it. effort. But yeah, that's the thing with overthinking. It's... This is again something that my therapist told me. Wow, I bring her up so often in conversation. Anyway, when I told her about my overthinking, she always said to me that it's a choice ultimately. You can choose to catch yourself overthinking and just stop, actively stop right there by engaging yourself in something else. Or you can continue. It's one of the two. And one of the hardest parts of being human is that you have to make a lot of active choices in today's world. You have to make a lot of conscious effort in today's world. You have to identify your behavioral patterns, your traits, and see if they bring you happiness or not. Because ultimately, that is what is going to lead you to a better place. Right? Yeah. That was, again, really deep. Anything and everything that my therapist says is deep. (laughs) Again, implying it is a conscious choice. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Okay, so have you enjoyed, do you enjoy being single now? I do. I do. Of course, I have fleeting moments when I don't. I have times when I'm third wheeling with my friends. And I I do have this feeling sometimes which just comes and goes that maybe it'd be nice to have someone. Maybe it'd be nice to have someone who cares. But again, I mentioned earlier, I, I, I have started entering that zone again where I'm comfortable being by myself, where I enjoy sleeping in my own bed with my plushies around. And not bother about anything. I enjoy that. And when you talked about Valentine's Day earlier, I I was talking to a friend yesterday and I told him how sad I felt about being alone. And then I talked about my last Valentine's Day where I had someone with me. And he pointed out that the last Valentine's Day that you went out, everything was planned by you. You did everything. You did this. You did the booking. You did this. You did that. And you went out and he could not even bother to get you a flower. He could not even bother to get you anything. And there's this one instance which happened in the restaurant last year. I said this to him that you could not even get me a flower. Like you could have just plucked one from someone's garden and given to me. You don't have to spend money to make me feel special. And there was a, there was a plastic rose on the table. And I looked at it and I said, at least give me this. And he picked it up and he gave it to me because I asked him to. Until the day I broke up with that guy, I had that plastic rose stuck over my bed. Because that was literally the only gesture I received from him of love. No, it wasn't even from him, it was forced. It was forced, yeah, it was forced. It wasn't even something that he felt like doing. I had practically asked him to give me that, which I treasured. But rather than having something like that, I would love to be by myself. I would buy myself flowers and, oh my God, this is getting so (laughs) cliché. but But yeah i'd I'd buy my own flowers and stick them over my bed and be like i gave that to myself 
yeah. makes more sense rather than forcing someone. It does because it's it's the most annoying thing that when I've asked friends about Valentine's Day and stuff because I've rather than being like okay I am slightly bitter this year but whatever <laughs> I will admit that morely because I'm just getting so annoyed by people. Like, people, oh, what, what are you going to get? What are you going to Shut up. Um, <laughs> we were just having this conversation about like people, people, just people annoy me. Like it's the it's genuinely when we say it, it is the thought that counts. counts. Yeah. And it's about anything. It's about a birthday, Valentine's Day, Easter, Christmas, anything else, whatever occasion. But obviously Valentine's Day is a big one for couples. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I don't care. If you picked up a leaf from the street and gave it to me, it's the thought that counts. That actually was done. <laughs> that actually was done. Like I was given a daisy that he had picked off of something, and I kept it in encased here between my phone and my case for a long, long time till it like literally dried out and was separating. I kept it. I treasured it because it was sweet. Yeah, but th- that's what I mean. It could, it doesn't have to be this grand gesture of roses and chocolates and teddy bears and serenading. It's- lingerie and all these flower petals and all this food you don't need to do it it does mm. not need to be done as you said just you don't even spend money just pick a flower out of the neighbor's garden i don't care i said I yeah care what say either it's just it's a thought that counts and it seems okay honestly it is guys that just don't think of this because girls do think of this and i have seen so many girls as valentine's day stress over presents and i'm like girl chill he hasn't even thought about it, and I, I guarantee you, he's just going to get your favorite bottle of wine. But still, that that still matters. It matters, but it he didn't think matters. about it. He didn't think about it. Yeah, that's Makes my sense. point. Mm-hmm. She stressed for hours over this, and he just didn't care. He just just didn't care. But again, like for the people who are listening, just because we are okay with it does not mean that we are not going to accept more. <laughs> Yeah. We'd love to accept more. We I'd will accept, accept more. more but <laughs> I'm not happy with accepting the bare minimum. But mm-hmm. but yeah, like, do you? Do you enjoy being single? Yeah, I love it. And you know I love it. I know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the fact that, oh yeah, she's just, she's just hoeing about. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But mm-hmm. I say to a thousand people, my room is sacred. My bed is sacred. You're the only one I know who's like actually been in it, to be I fair. I know. Because you've run in going, <laughs> And in fact, the first time I did it, I actually waited by your door till you offered me a place to sit on your bed because I was so scared. I was oh, like, I, just don't, I don't know if she'll like it or not. And I just stood at your door crying like a puppy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. But I am so happy single. I'm not prepared to share my bed again at this point. Mm. I love the way I run my life at the moment. I, I don't want to rely on anybody else to tell me what to do or where we're going or what's next. Like, I get to decide. Mm. And that's not something I've done for years. I get to decide when no I No wonder up. you're going to love this for a long, long time. Trust me. I get will. to decide what I eat. I get to decide. I don't have to ask somebody. I'm like, actually, Miranda, what do you want to do? It's not, oh, God, I've got to consult with someone else before this happens. Sorry, guys. <laughs> nah, it's up to me. Completely up to me. I get to drive where I want to drive. And I love driving because it's like such a head clearer for me. Mm. But I love it. And I love it too much now to the point where I'm so 
content single that unless you're really gonna add value to my life but there's one thing which i when you say this i've realized it when i had started loving being single when i had started being very comfortable with it i think it was the third or the fourth year when i was single and that's when i found out that no matter how much i say that if somebody adds value to my life i'd welcome them there were people who offered to add value to my life and there were really really nice guys that i met during that phase but i was so happy being by myself that i just did not want to give it a shot until today when i speak to those people they ask me if i regret the decision i made back then i don't no i don't because i was doing what i wanted to i was making myself happy i was in charge of my own happiness and i was very very content doing it that's the thing there's nobody that's really just you're probably in that phase in the same me. phase yeah and i'm in i'm kind of in that phase where my parents are like you've really got to put yourself out there now i'm like it's not necessary i'm not gonna push myself i'm not yeah. gonna force something at all mm-hmm. and i'm also not meeting them online so nah not happening i know that i'm way like, too single if that makes sense happily single <laughs> happily single <laughs> happily single yeah i'm not looking for anybody mm-hmm. i swipe through dating apps mm-hmm. because of pure boredom and i usually say no to all of them because i'm like no sorry no you do this no you don't eat cheese no <laughs> that was someone who said that and i was like what and ha sorry mate. <laughs> but yeah like you obviously know this that i have recently put myself out there and i have been trying to see if something builds from there but again it's not something that i'm forcing myself to do unless it doesn't come to me organically unless it doesn't really happen at a pace where i am comfortable i am not actively pursuing it i'm just letting it come my way and i think that's again a space where i'm happy to be at because probably because i've been single for many many years so i can clearly distinguish between what is something that i actually genuinely innately want yeah and something that i just don't thing is my best relationships have come out of friendships rather mm-hmm. than going on a date and just being really awkward and being like oh what's your favorite color what's yours what's your favorite shape what's yours no. not that that question happened i can't i can't do that <laughs> i can't do that. it just hasn't come because it's so it's just so formal sorry but this isn't me I end up relationships through friendships where I, I slip and fall. Um, <laughs> slip and fall. <laughs> and they've always been the best ones. And they haven't worked out because it just wasn't supposed to work out. Mm. Or there's been foul play either side. And I won't put up with that now. I did before and I won't put up with that now. So I'm going to be even more picky with people. Fair enough. And if that's what you want to do, it's entirely your thing to do because you're single and you can do whatever you want yeah i can (laughs) okay so what is one good thing and one bad thing that you've learned about being single you go first because i'm gonna need that (laughs) (laughs) okay the one well actually the one bad thing we've Mm. pointed out the learning curves (laughs) is that i see red flags so quickly in people Mm -hmm. i see behavioral patterns happen so if they get angry really fast or if they jump conclusion quite fast (laughs) it's quite like calm down love calm down 
Just give him a chance. Stop! And I should be saying that to myself. Miranda, come on. Wait. Wait. This person might just be shy. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I see it really quickly. But if you want me, mm-hmm. just speak to me. I know I seem like I might bite someone's head off. And before 10am, I probably will bite your head off. But I do see, literally, I see it with uh, my, some of my friends' relationships. Mm-hmm. I see them with guys who just don't treat them how they should. Mm-hmm. And it really annoys me. Yeah. But it's not my place to say anything. But one good thing about being single, I've realised that, yeah, I'm actually okay on my own. I don't consistently think about being in a relationship. You're way too comfortable with yourself. Yeah. The thing you is, I am it. completely myself now. Well, that's that's really nice. Yeah. That's something that people try to achieve in their lives for a long, long time. But yeah, that's great. What about you? For me... <laughs> okay, I'll go with the good thing first. Yeah, a couple of good things. My most favorite is... I have actually learned how to be in a relationship without letting my thoughts, my actions, my patterns and my behaviors just be affected by somebody else's influence because i'm in that place where i know myself really well and i am very self-aware i can pretty much act react behave without having someone else's influence on me or my actions i have my own independent skills and thoughts so i can pretty much let that happen so that's one thing which i learned because independence is something which i had to learn yeah i you know the kind of the family i've grown up in i was never i never really needed to be independent so that's something which i had to learn when i was single so independence is one thing which i learned second thing being i identify people's behaviors really quickly now (laughs) we both (laughs) we do i identify people's behaviors very quickly and i just intrinsically know where to draw a line or a boundary in terms of interacting with that person thing is i don't even do that i'm like no right no i'm out that's the difference between you and me i know i know i know i understand where to draw the boundary and just not let that person cross that into my life so yeah that's one thing which i which i do now one bad thing actually okay honestly speaking I can't think of a bad thing. I really tried to think hard, but I could not. This was me about like five minutes ago. I'm like, uh... There's, I mean, yeah, there's there's this sense of over-criticalness, which I tend to have sometimes. I'm too independent now. And I think you're you're going to that point where I'm just like, I I can rely on myself way too easily. So I I do analyse people's behaviours, but I know how much to let them into my lives to just not let it affect me i don't think anything bad has come out of being single no at all see with me it's like the manly jobs as they were except spiders won't touch them won't go near them no no arachnophobic for life no get away from me (laughs) but stuff like changing a light bulb or changing the batteries in the fire alarm or Mm. trying to work out why the fridge is making a weird noise all this stuff i saw I that just do on my own the lights were out that day I'm, like, I'm coming home and you did and then you just flipped it yeah in. that's how it's done and i was like just flip it up do this do that you were purely panicking and i was like oh easy just flip the switch i thought i broke something that's why i was panicking because i was the only person in the house <laughs> i just come into the room and you're just sitting eating in the dark I'm like, <laughs> because i was hungry 
she's just munching on something and i'm like this is all you do just come in here let's just flip the switch and like yeah. stuff like that you'd yeah. expect i had actually stopped that like i had actually stopped doing all those things in the past one year when i had gotten into the relationship but i think i'm back onto it again because yeah. I, i had forgotten it for some time but now like i just rattled my brain and i'm like bitch be back that again please so you know yes. i just like i know i can do it so i don't care yeah and if you're a spider you get hoovered up I usually smack it with a slipper. No, I'm too scared that it will jump in my face. You really have to get the right angle. I've been spent sent too many spider reels now. <laughs> or or the best thing about being like clinically arachnophobic is that you just pass out and let it be someone else's problem. No, what if it eats anyway? Whatever. I'm Ew, no. In, I'm getting too deep into this. <laughs> I just hate them. Anyway, right, okay, that mm-hmm. is the wrap up of this episode. Thank yep. you for listening to this one and the last one. I've got to say that in the beginning. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon Music and literally everywhere else that you get your podcasts from. Yeah, we're on everything now. So, yeah, that's all done. That's all done. Anything else to say? And we will be back. Yep. See you then. Bye. Bye.